Today is January 25th, 2023, or as your neighbor calls it, can you believe there's a two-hour delay before there was even snow on the ground? This is the Incrediberg Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Carruthers, with news, notes, and nostalgia from the Steel City. Now, if you're stuck at the top of Green Tree Hill in traffic, this is the podcast for you. By the time you hit the tunnels, I'll have you caught up with everything going on in the Berg. Okay, like I said in the beginning, there was a two-hour delay for school and most schools in the region, over 150 delays because of the snow that didn't even fall last night. Now, most school districts said, we can trust the meteorologists. Our morning commute is going to be terrible. Well, they were about two or three hours behind. We thought it was going to fall at five, but it actually fell around eight, which actually made the two-hour delay more of a nightmare. But isn't that just uniquely Pittsburgh? Go get the bread, go get the toilet paper, we're getting a snowstorm. But it does feel like it doesn't snow around here anymore. Even this year, we haven't had much. So I looked up to see if that was true. Now, meteorologists break it down, not year by year, but by decades. The planet's a pretty big and old thing, so we can't just go year to year. But by the decades, is it true that there was more snow when you were a kid than now? Well, if you grew up in the 60s, that's true. Pittsburgh had 541 inches of snow in the 60s. Now compare that to the 2010s where we had 493 inches. Serious difference. So yeah, if you were a 60s yinzer, you can say there was more snow when I had to walk to and from school up 10 hills and then get home and go to my job. That's a big difference. But the 80s and 90s actually as decades had less snow than the 2010s and now. So If you grew up in the 80s watching Michael J. Fox or in the 90s watching 90210, there was less snow on the ground then, even though now you feel like there was more. Well, anyway, Joe DiNardo is not here to report it, so it's up to you. Everyone's favorite hospital chain and nonprofit that makes $37 billion a year in Pittsburgh UPMC is apologizing because of a glitch in their system last week that sent dozens and dozens of marketing emails to their patients. Now, I believe that a glitch in their marketing email system is better than having a glitch, let's just say, in their x-ray machines, but it is what it is. A spokesperson for UPMC, I believe it was Blythe Danner, spoke on behalf of UPMC and said... An email caused people on the distribution list to receive various marketing-related messages from UPMC. It has been taken care of. You didn't choose to have a virus in your email, but you did choose UPMC. Now, I don't know about you. I love UPMC. They've done a great job on me, but these commercials and this music and that voice, they freak me out. I know they want you to feel calm, but I think it actually does the opposite. Like I sit on the phone and I hear this music and I think, am I doing worse than I thought? And then Gwyneth Paltrow's mom comes on and says, you didn't choose testicular cancer, but you choose UPMC. Is that like the ultimate mind screw in itself? 
I didn't choose to break my wrist, but you chose to listen to this music on hold. Oh my God. I actually think, am I, am I dying? Am I, did I get lulled to sleep by this music and now I'm dreaming that I'm cured? All right, turn it off. Turn the music off. All right, thank you. Yeah, I, did, I didn't choose to turn that music off, but I did choose to turn it off through UPMC. Now, speaking of medicine and maybe UPMC, the... Okay, okay, wait, turn the music off. I'm not talking about UPMC now. Please turn it off. This is not about UPMC. Please? Okay, thank you. Speaking of just medicine... The triple-demic is declining and is actually hopefully going away here in Allegheny County. For those of you who don't know, the triple-demic is triple damage, RSV, which is respiratory virus, flu, and COVID-19, triple damage, the triple-demic. Now, that sounds very scary and ominous, the triple-demic. Also sounds like a burger. But the surge was very low, and they were concerned over the holidays, and now that it would be more trips to the emergency room, they would be out of control. But the good news is they were much lower, and there's less uh, spread of it, there's less emergency room visits, and they think the triple-demic will go away, which is great news. Now we can reserve triple-demic for other things, like Tomlin's triple-demic of bad offense, bad defense, and special teams, or the neighborhood triple-demic, all three kids have girls selling Girl Scout cookies at once. It's a triple-demic of getting me fat this winter. So let's just hope the triple damage can be used for those terms instead of anyone else getting sick. So I didn't choose the triple-demic, but I did choose UPMC's music to make me think, am I cure of the triple-demic? All right, stop the music. All right, this is no more music, no more UPMC music. Even though we say you, all right, when we say UPMC, stop playing this music. We do not need Wiz Khalifa to record Black and Yellow for everyone in Pittsburgh to know that we love the Black and Yellow, or I guess more accurately, the Black and Gold. But Black and Gold literally is running everywhere in this city. Yes, the Pittsburgh Maulers announced this week that they will change their uniform colors from purple and orange to now being black and gold. Okay, real quick, don't Google it. What sport do they play? Oh, time's up. Oddly, professional football. And I know what you're saying. What are the Pittsburgh Maulers? Well, I looked it up, and it says that they are a team in the United States Football League. I have no idea what that is, and I really don't care I'm a Pirates fan, so as soon as the Steelers season is over, I'm ready to head to Bradenton. But the Maulers announcing this color change is big. Pittsburgh is now the only major city in America where all of their professional sports teams wear the same colors. Now, okay, maybe the Maulers don't fit into this, but the Penguins, the Steelers, the Pirates, and now the Maulers, that's even if it's a thing, they are now black and gold. The head coach of the Maulers, I have no idea what that person's name is, says it feels right and it's going to help the team win games this season against, I have no idea who they're going to play. But isn't it time now that the Pittsburgh Steelers can sue the Pittsburgh Maulers? I mean, let's get real. 
If you're wearing black and gold and you're playing crappy football that no one cares about, that's the Steelers' business, and you're imposing on it, Maulers. Get out of our lane. I kid, I kid. I welcome the Maulers to the black and gold family, and I am going out to buy a Maulers jersey at any store that'll sell it, or I'll have it made. Probably the latter. And isn't it a blessing to be in Pittsburgh for so many reasons? But if you have kids, all the teams wearing black and gold makes being a parent somewhat easy. If you're in Boston, God forbid, or New York, your kids are going to celebrate Rangers playoff day, wear red, white, and blue. Then Yankees wear black and white, or the Mets wear orange and yellow. It does make Pittsburgher parents' jobs a little bit easier that you can cover every sport-related spirit day in one size youth large t-shirt. And I think we all know that kids, especially kids, will be forgiven in this city. Even if you have a player's name on it that doesn't even play here anymore, it doesn't matter. As long as it's not Felipe Vasquez, no one cares. And we're okay within Pittsburgh. You wear your jersey to school. You can wear your jersey to wash your car, or you can wear it to a wedding. That's the beauty of being in Pittsburgh. The city of Pittsburgh has announced that they received a $7 million federal grant to improve the historic steps of Pittsburgh. Now, everyone knows these steps when you're driving around town. You see them cutting up through the woods. You see them going down the sides of hills. You see them everywhere. They're in every city community. Most people don't know that there actually were steps at the top of Mount Washington that you could take all the way down to the train tracks. Now those are gone and those are actually steps that I would love to see come back. How cool would it be to literally walk down Mount Washington? Big selling feature for the city, big tourist attraction, but no, we're going to take the seven million to improve deteriorating steps across the city. Now, for those of you who don't know, one set of steps can cost somewhere between $500,000 to $1.5 million. So the city has not yet announced which steps they're going to improve, but there are going to be numerous studies done. And once they know which steps will be improved, get this, it will take a three-year process to have them taken care of. So for now, get ready just to fall off those steps and maybe you can take three years to figure out how to ride a bus. But that's your bureaucracy at its finest. But why is it happening now? Most of the steps were built in the 1940s, and they knew that the lasting power would be about 70 years. So now it's actually past time for every step to be done. And is there anything more frustrating than you're driving in your car and your GPS tells you to make a right-hand turn in the city, and it's a set of steps it uniquely is a love-hate relationship with Pittsburgh. I love you, Pittsburgh. I hate you, Pittsburgh. But maybe these steps should go. Maybe we should take the $7 million and just cut them all out. No, no, no. Let's not do that. We have to keep history. Let's bring back the Mount Washington steps, fix these steps, and in three years, we will have some new and improved steps. Until then, you're on your own. And lastly, happy Beer Can Appreciation Day. That's right, hashtag Beer Can Appreciation. 
on this week in 1935, the first canned beer hit the American market. And proudly, everything has a Pittsburgh tie-in, Iron City was one of the first to take up and use the beer can. Now, this invention built the, the nation, really. Western Pennsylvania loved the idea when they got into the mix in 1935. And the American Sheet and Tin Plate Company, owned by U.S. Steel, put in a $7 million beer can order. And that went into all the mills around the Steel Valley. Now, not everyone was happy. In 1935, the American Federation of Labor and the Brewery Workers Local Union in Pittsburgh said that beer cans could end bottling forever. The federal government actually said, well, you know what, let's let consumers decide if they want to drink beer from a bottle or a can. And, well, the debate really hasn't ended. There's definitely some people who love bottles, definitely some people who love cans. Iron City actually was the first company that did the pop top. So you're drinking some history every time you pop open an Iron City. So when you're at the tailgate party outside Ackershore, when you've had your 15th beer, is it a bottle or is it a can? Don't answer that. Just say, we're going to go in and have a great time and I'm probably going to pass out. That is the Incrediberg podcast for today, January 25th, 2023. If you're still stuck in traffic, there must be a penguin game or something that's tying everything up. Don't forget, visit Incrediberg.com for all of the unique Pittsburgh items that you'll want to wear and have for the rest of your life. Incrediberg.com. Also, visit us on every social media platform for daily news, daily videocasts, podcasts, and everything Pittsburgh. I'm your host, Brian Carruthers. See you next time on the Incrediberg Podcast. News, notes, and nostalgia from the Steel City.